0: What's wrong? Whoa. Marion! what happened?
1: Balak, he kidnapped me. Chain me up, Indy, you have to help me.
0: Don't fear. I'll take care of it somehow.
1: Indy, just just walk across the plank, oh, right, no, right there. But
0: it's, that's an old plank.
1: Y- yes, it's old, but, but it's a plank. But do you, do see, you see the pit? Right
0: There's there. a long, it's a pretty deep pit, and it's, it's got snakes. Andy,
2: <laughs> Marion, what's happened?
1: Balak, he kidnapped me, chained me up. He's after the deed to land. Indy, you guys have to help me.
2: Oh, Indy, what are you going to do? Looks like all you need to do is just walk over yeah, that plate.
0: That's an old plank. Yeah, just do it. You, just, hey, did you walk. see the pit? Look at the pit. It's... There's
3: snakes. Oh, Indy. Just oh, do Indy. It. Oh, it's simple. Just take one step at a time.
1: Indy, no. just baby steps. You can, you can do it.
3: Yeah, si se si puede. <laughs> Take one foot in front of the other. No. Nice. No. Uh, Indy? Uh, Won't you follow the Yellow Brick Road? Follow,
0: follow, 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 the follow, follow me. Guys!
1: Woman in distress, right here. Come here. Oh, Focus, man. right here. Plank, walk.
3: Okay, yes, Indy. Uh, uh, trust, that plank will hold you. You gotta take one step at a time, okay. it's faith. Step out, you will see.
0: Okay. No, I don't think I can do this.
1: Uh,
2: that is one incredibly strong woman. (laughs) Uh. Hey, okay, so the question of the day is, best toy ever. Best toy ever. I mean, if you just, if you had to say, for me personally, best toy ever. Now, for me, it's G.I. Joe. And you got to know, it's not, it's not the little wimpy G.I. Joe they make now. It's the old G.I. Joe, the full-sized G.I. Joe that had fuzzy hair. How many remember that? There are some old people in the room. That's so cool. I feel better about myself. But, I mean, that was it. I can remember as a kid, I mean, that, if I got nothing else for Christmas, if you got me fuzzy hair G.I. Joe, I was good. So, what is it? Best toy ever. I mean, the toy when you were a kid, you had to have, what was it? Legos. Legos. Yeah, Legos are good for kids, not so good for parents walking through the room late at night. What else? Barbies. Barbies. Very cool. How many boys in the room wanted Barbies? No, never mind. Um, Best toy ever. What was it? Huh? Lincoln Logs. Lincoln Logs were cool. I don't care. We may have killed a million trees, but they were cool every kid and then did you ever put lighter no okay best toy ever bb gun gun! a daisy red flyer bb gun right puts your friend's eye out let me ask a question how many of you when because you remember when you were a kid the toy you had how many you eventually got that toy how many got the toy you had to have i ended up getting it i begged mom and dad i cried i did whatever Okay, how many, how many of you who got the toy that you had to have still have it? How many still have it? You guys are all hoping eBay, right? <laughs> kind of goes up in time. Here's the interesting thing. if Truth be told, most of, most of us got the toy at some point or another. We, we blackmailed mom or whatever that was. We got the toy. Most of us ended up tossing the toy didn't we? I mean, it it finally got old enough, it got dusty enough, it got broken enough, the dog chewed it enough. And you and I are the ones that threw the toy, the one that we had to have, the one that was amazing, in the garbage can. It's it's an interesting lesson about life, isn't it? That the very things that you and I chase after, the very things that you and I want the most, (laughs) we end up eventually discarding. It's interesting because that's exactly the conversation that Jesus is going to have today uh, with us. And here's what he's going to say. He's going to say, look, you and I have got to be really, really careful about how we live with our resources in this world because much like little kids who want what I want, what I want, what I want, that you and I have got to be cautious that we don't invest so much of our lives in getting that only to find that we're the very ones who eventually throw it away. See, it's possible, Jesus is going to say, to spend my life crusading, okay, crusading to obtain things that I cannot possibly retain in life. And Jesus is going to tell us, if you do that, you'll be deeply disappointed. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles this morning, because Jesus is going to challenge us on this very topic. It's Matthew chapter 6, And if you're not real familiar, if you just go to the back of your Bible, work to the left, you're going to find this book of Matthew. It's actually the first book of what we call the New Testament. It's about the life of Jesus. This is a moment in which Jesus is teaching people, and He's saying, look, look, if you could just get this, if you could just understand this principle in life, it would change your life. You would live differently than your neighbor. You'd live differently than your parents. Your life would be dramatically better if you could understand this principle. It's Matthew chapter 6 starting in verse 19. This is Jesus teaching. Here's what he says. He says, don't. Just, just don't. Don't do this. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on the earth. You know, the stuff you can buy, the stuff that won't. Don't, don't let that be the focus. Don't let that be the things that you go after with your life. Ready? Where moth and rust destroy. And, will Jesus, man, look, look, that stuff, and don't be wrong, it's okay, and we all need it. I mean, you know, there's stuff that's reasonable and, and ought to be part of it. But you get it all, it all fades. It all gets replaced with a newer model. How, how, many, how many have, like, the iPhone 3G, and now they just came out, iPhone 4? My phone's antiquated. I got to go back in now. He says, look, look just, just you you get. You, you get that, you get that when you put all your resources, you, you get that stuff gets old and dusty and broken. And you'll probably be the one tossing it in the trash can. Be careful, be careful, Jesus says. And he says, where thieves break in and steal. And you get that Jesus isn't talking about literal thieves. He's talking about interest rates that go through the ceiling. He's talking about lending institutions that get a little reckless in how they handle the finances and and government controls that don't quite do what they're supposed to do. And suddenly people who had unbelievable equity in their house and would have said, hey, don't you don't even get, I mean, I'm living in my retirement, are all of a sudden upside down. And you know, I'm going. I, I didn't. I didn't do anything reckless. The truth is, by all right, I I was being cautious and wise, and I was making solid investments, And now I am so upside down. I, I I couldn't sell my house and break even. Thieves. See, it's. <laughs> It's retirement accounts that we all had in mutual funds, and you know what's happened with the stock market, and, and most of us who just, what, 30 months ago said, hey, I'm, I, I think I'm okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure my investments are paying off, and, and keep going, I'm, I'm, I'm set for retirement. And now you and I are all sitting here, second wind, going, oh my goodness, I've been pilfered? See, and Jesus says, look, 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 be, be, be really careful where you invest that you don't put it somewhere where things grow old and fade and rust and get tossed in the trash, that you don't put it to places where things outside of your control, where, where circumstances that you and I can't do anything about come and snatch away our riches. He then goes on. He says, instead of that, he says, look, completely different. I know you didn't think this, but it, and I know it goes against, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal, for where your treasure is, interesting, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will end up also. Now, get the moment. Here's what, here's what Jesus is simply saying in this moment. He's saying, look, every one of us, every one of us in this room takes our God-given talents, our God-given intellect, and our God-given time on this earth, and we exchange it. You and I exchange it for green stuff. That, that's, that's just the reality of life. You and I take God-given talent, God-given ability, God-given time, and we trade it for this, which is okay. I mean, just, that's fine. That's, that is, that, that's what we do. What Jesus is saying, the crucial moment is what you and I do with this. It's, it's what we do Next. And he says, if you're not careful, if you just do this the way your parents have always done it, if you just do this the way your neighbors are doing it, if you're just doing this the way the guy on TV, here, here's what you'll do, Jesus says. You'll leverage every bit of this into earth. See, you'll you'll be going, look, if, you know, I, I kind of upgraded the house a little bit, and, and you know, I, I've got a car payment going on, and, you know, it takes money to keep kids in clothes and school and family vacation each year and says there's a list I mean everyone there there are very few of us sitting in this room that say look I just don't know where to spend my money I can't I sheesh would someone help me with that because the reality is there is a whole lot of earth calling out to you and I and there's there's not a one of us in this room that doesn't have a list over here on what Jesus would call you ready the earthly side that is longer than you and I will ever be able to pay for. And so Jesus just simply this moment says, look, look guys. Be careful in this because if you leverage everything into earth where moth and dust and rust destroy if you leverage all of this into a place where thieves can come through, circumstances can happen in your life that, that you don't even have, you could be as safe and as trustworthy, and thieves still break in, and the arm on your mortgage goes through the ceiling. Jesus says, It's an incredibly unwise way to live your life. And Jesus would say, You ready? You, you and I need to find a way to leverage some of this. Away from earth and into heavenly things. Kingdom things. You ready? Eternal things. Because Jesus says, look, every penny you get over here, every minute of service you get over here, every bit that you reapportion." And get into that which is eternal over here. Will never rust, will never fade, will never be stolen. This is terrifying for us. I mean, let's just be honest. This is, you and I sit over right here and we go, look, this, wow. I, 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 I can't even get this done. And now you're asking me to, Give some of it away, and and, and, you, and you get the moment here. What, G, how much would Jesus say is the minimum? Jesus, how much would Jesus say? Look at the very least, get this much to there. Well, that's pretty simple biblically. Jesus, Jesus, would simply say, at least one of these, at least one out of every ten, you need to get it to the other side. You need to make sure that gets into the kingdom. Then, but you, you get Jesus. Jesus would say, at the least. Jesus would say, look, the smarter people are getting more. And you and I could kill. Have you seen the economy, Lynn? I mean, I mean, look, look, I mean, if everything was right, if this was 30 months ago, you know, may, maybe we could have, but Lynn, right now, I, I'm trying to recover my retirement. I mean, and you get what we do, right? how many of you are really mad that I ripped a dollar? (laughs) See, we can use the Lord's name in vain, but rip a dollar? And then we start this horrible walk, this painful walk. And we start asking ourselves really stupid questions, stuff like, I I wonder how much those pastors get paid anyway. I wonder if I gave all that money if they'd really take good care of it. You realize if I took that money and added that to my present car payment, I, I, I could afford a car wash. That's <laughs> so what we do, right? We, we walk and we go, man, was I, man, I, woo, Nelly! did you see that? And you get what Jesus just said? He says, guys, guys, really? And Jesus would say, okay, not me, not Lynn, not... Jesus would say, that's just a crazy way to live your life. Here's why. Jesus just said, earth doesn't work, guys. <laughs> you, you might as well burn this, because everything that you and I stick on that side is either going to fade, it's going to rust, thieves are going to come, but at the end of the day, it's gone. Josh is eight years old, and I'd been working around the house, got a whole bunch of trimmings, and we'd loaded up the back of a truck, and I'm heading to the dump, and I just thought, you know, hey, good experience for an eight-year-old kid, and come help his dad, and uh, so we got to the dump, backed up the truck, you know, like you do, and you know the dump, I mean, smells horrible flies everywhere, I'm just, it's a nasty place to be, we unload the truck, and we got down, I said, Josh, you know what, just for a minute, let's, let's just sit here on the tailgate of the truck and, and look around a little bit, and my son's going, why, why would we do that? I said, no, I just, I just, I just think there's a lesson to learn here, so there I am, I'm sitting in the dump, my eight-year-old son next to me, and I just said, Josh, just, just tell me what you see. trash? No, no, I I get it, I get it. What's in the trash? And he pointed over to an old Kenmore dishwasher, or a clothes washer, and he said, there's there's a washing machine over there. I said, you know what the interesting part is, Josh? There was probably a day, (laughs) there was probably a woman, that when that got home, she was thrilled out of her heart. She said, finally, Finally, I get to replace the old broken-down washer. Finally, I've got four more buttons than the old. I mean, there was a day that her heart was probably thrilled with that washing machine. But you get that somewhere probably recently the newer one came. And the very one that was so thrilling and so exciting that she had to have, it's now discarded. So what else do you see, Josh? And he pointed a little doll on the ground, and there was a little doll there, and its arm was ripped off, and its hair was all matted. And I said, you know, Son, you, you get that there's a chance. I don't know the story for sure, but you get there's a chance that some little girl opened that doll on Christmas, that that was her favorite toy, that, that I mean, you could have taken everything else and set it aside, but that doll, that doll was the doll. Better got old, and the arm came off and the hair got matted. And there's a good chance that she's the one that put it in the trash can. Because Josh, here's what you need to know. Here's what my my eight-year-old boy needs to understand about life, because it will serve you as an adult. Everything that you and I think we want right now gets rusty and dusty. And chances are you and I will be the very ones who throw it away. It's a bad investment in the earth just is. Jesus said more. Jesus said, look, no, 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 thieves break in. See, you and I can be as responsible as all get out. You and I can, can be good stewards. You and I can take care of it. But as long as you and I keep investing it on this side, Jesus says, look, you just, you, there are circumstances. You can't control who gets in office and taxes go up. You, you, how many of us could have stopped the lending practices? And Jesus says, look, Thieves break in on this side, and, and here's what I'm thinking, guys. I get, I get why Christians who grew up in the '80s and the '90s, and you know, I get why they would have a hard time because they go, "Look, man, I mean, the stock market, shoo, shoo, you know, just always going. I mean, everything's up. That just that. I get why that looks like a good investment. But you and me." You and me live in Chandler, Arizona. You, they might as well have dropped the atom bomb of the recession here. Of all people who would have, should be sitting at this moment and hearing this verse and going, Jesus, you are so dead right. You can do everything right. You can do everything with responsibility. And you just can't control this. And <laughs> leveraging, le- lever- that, that's just not a good investment You and I, of all the Christians in the world, should understand this principle because you and I are paying for it right now. And you want to hear the irony of the moment? You want to hear the thing that's just astounding? In the midst of us losing our shirts, in the midst of us sitting in and saying, No, no, I I invested a whole bunch in the world and and now I'm cleaned out. We're so panicked, we're running and putting more in. We're trying to figure out how to get our retirement account back up. Jesus says the second thing. He says, look, not only does earth not work, guys, but eternity does. See, everything that I can leverage from that side into heavenly purpose, into eternal purpose, secured and more than that it ends up being blessing and lives end up being changed eternity ends up being changed and here's and Jesus says and that will never be taken away from you it's Jesus the wisest investment a Christian could make see I get I get why people who don't know Jesus yet and are far from God this would just sound like alien to them. but you and I who are the children of God this should sound like hope. I, I need three volunteers. Okay, one. Oh, you, you're wounded. It's going to be hard. Okay, I'll, I'll get someone else. I'm sorry. Yeah. You do the next one. All right, bigger than that. All right, one, two. Give me one more. A little bigger than All right, three. All right, let's do it. Okay, three volunteers. Here we go. Okay, I need you up on stage. There we go. Shemini. Hey, next time I'm in a dark alley, you're with me. All right. Did I ask you to get on stage? What are you doing, man? No, I'm teasing. All right, I'm teasing. I'm, te- I'm teasing. Where's my other volunteer? I lost my... Oh, come on. Come on. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave you on stage. You guys are going to leave stage. Okay? You- there you go. You're leaving the stage. You had your moment in the sun. It's done. Okay, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to stand right here, okay? There we go. Yep, just hang on to that. You are going to go that way with this. Keep going. Go, okay? Here's what you're going to do. He's going to start sagging the rope, okay? I need you to go to the middle and unsag him, okay? Thank you. So while they're doing that, here's what Jesus would say. He'd say, look, you and I are absolutely consumed with our own lives, with the dot. That at best, think about this, keep, keep going, keep going. Don't let the door stop you, just go, go, okay? We we're actually just looking for a way to get him out of the room, but <clears throat> all right. So Jesus says, look, our natural, t- we, we get really consumed about the dot that is our life. And Jesus says, look, look, think about this a second. At best, at best, what are we ta- we're talking, 80 years? Eight, keep going. There you are. 80 years. I mean, that's if you and I get a long life. 80 years. No, yeah, yeah, keep holding it up. There you go. Good. Okay, 80 years are the deal. So here's the deal. You've got that thing like a lose it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I took sewing in high school. No, I didn't. All right. So here's here's what you say. Look, look, look. Let's say everything from the dot back, eternity past, all of time, all of eternity up until now. And Jesus will say, look, look, look. Eighty years. Dot. Eternity future. And here's what Jesus would say: Tell me, tell me, tell me, that you're not taking every bit of your resource and putting it in the eighty years. So there's nothing left. Because God, guys, you get you get that as long as you and I invest on the earthly side. It never leaves the 80 years. When's the last time you went to a funeral and the preacher stood up in front and went, man, this guy didn't leave anything behind. You've never heard that because we leave it all behind. And Jesus would say, tell me, Tell me that you're living for something outside. Say, look, if if you could just see eternity the way I see eternity, if you could just get that that dot is so microscopic, you'd be sending everything you could on ahead of you. You wouldn't spend a single penny more than you had to on earthly stuff because you'd be investing in the eternal. Let me see if this helps. Imagine today, you leave here, Monday morning comes, you get called in the office at work, and they say, look, here's the deal, we've got this assignment for you. It's over in Iraq, it's a whole rebuilding thing, and we've got a part of that. If you'll move to Iraq for a year, we will pay you, you ready? Four times your salary for a year. Are you interested? And you go, well, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not too sure how thrilled I am, but Four times. I mean, I, you realize what that could do for me? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go twelve months, four times my, I'll do that. You get to Iraq. You get off the plane, and the guy who's there greeting you says, "Hey, you know, I, I don't know if they explained this to you or not. Here's the deal: everything you buy in Iraq stays in Iraq. You buy a toaster, it stays. You buy a TV set, it stays. You buy a couch, it stays. Now." You can send your money on ahead of you back to the United States. It's just anything you buy here stays here. How are you furnishing your apartment in Iraq? See, I'm thinking bean bags. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking 13 inch black and white TV, aluminum foil, a ten tennis. Because if you've got a brain in your head, you're sending it on ahead. You get that's exactly what Jesus just said. Jesus said, look, please, please tell me that you're not leaving everything in Iraq. That you're not putting and banking everything on these 80 measly, tiny little years here. Please tell me, please tell me you're sending as much as you can on ahead. Thank you, guys. Okay, so that's good. You can drop the rope. I know that feels wrong, but yes, you can. There you go. Okay, and then if if you could pick up the rope for me, because there's this little old lady that's going to trip over it and then hate your guts if you don't. Okay, all right. Okay, so get the, get get the moment. If this thing, guys, if you and I believe that Jesus knows what he's talking about, if you and I believe that Jesus isn't just you and I immediately would begin to ask this question Why do I need a two inch bigger TV set in Iraq? Wait, 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 wait a minute, my car is just about, pay- why do I need a new car? Am I really sure I need to upgrade my? I mean, because here, we'd be saying, look, I, I need to figure out how to leverage as much as I can from Earth. to heaven. And you and I would be thrilled about the opportunity. Two years back I'm in Haruma, it's the orphanage that we support in Kenya. I'm there spending two weeks working with the kids, doing the missions thing. That's you know, that's what you do. And honestly, I I took a little extra cash with me. I I figured, you know, I'm going to buy myself some pretty cool souvenirs. You know, I'll put them on my mantle when I get home, and then I can say, you know, I went to Kenya. You know? I was thinking, you know, the food there is not so good, okay? And I can use this to kind of bail myself out and buy something that looks semi-American, you know? So I've got this little wad in my pocket. I sat in a chapel service. I sat in a chapel service with 140 hot, sweaty orphans and I watched mama get up in the front in the service and say, you are here because you've been rescued and God's hope for you is that you will love Jesus with all of your heart, that you will go on to get your education and that you will become the leaders of Kenya And guys, some of you have heard me say I sat there and went, "This is this is dumb." I mean, what are the chances that little orphans are going to become the leaders of Kenya? But can I just tell you that something stirred in my heart? I thought, I think it may happen. I I think in the wonder of God, maybe. And you want to know what I did next? I started emptying my pockets. I started saying, "Look, I don't I don't need American food." I don't need some dumb thing to stick on my mantle. This orphanage needs every penny I can give. Because you ready? Because this is kingdom. And this doesn't get dusty. And I'll never throw this away. If this sinks in, guys, you and I will go home today and have a party figuring out how to get money from there, time from there, resource from there and put it into heaven. A couple weeks ago we we showed you a video and it was just a video just to say, look, you get. You get when you give that we steward that money on your behalf. We turn that into kingdom dollars. We change lives when you trust and when you give and you do that. And we had a bunch of people who said, man, please let us see that video again. So it just seemed right today. So here it is. Here's that video we showed about two weeks ago. Just to remind you guys, what happens when it stops being TV sets and starts being lives? It's an amazing thing. So here it is.
0: you get one chance you live and then you die so why not make the best of it invest in things that bring heavenly returns and by the way no one said it would be easy it takes sacrifice we're only given so many resources so much time and so much money Huh? Invest in things that change lives.
1: Life was good. Everyone thought I had it all together. But in my life, there was emptiness, lack of contentment, and worry. What was I missing? I never would have imagined the answers would be there. Three different familiar and unexpected people in my life pointed me to the exact same place. That can't be an accident. A coworker of my husband's, a client, even my daughter, I'll mention this place called Cornerstone. How can church be the answer? I always thought church was full of stressed out people that didn't really want to be there and where kids hated it. Where the whole Sunday morning experience is just terrible, right?
3: My childhood was far from normal nine foster and group homes. My father did drugs and abused my mom. I saw my mother raped. I was abused physically and mentally. Male prostitution, anorexia, I was a cutter. I did whatever people wanted me to do in order to fit in. At 19, I tried to commit suicide. It wasn't a childhood anyone would wish for. After this suicide attempt, I went into recovery. It was there I met Sean. He was recovering too, but he introduced me to Christ. I prayed a prayer with him to accept Christ as my savior. It pretty much ended there. You see, I wasn't willing to give him everything. I didn't want him to abandon me, and I surely didn't want to disappoint him.
1: When I walked into Cornerstone, people were dressed casually and generally happy. There were bubbles swirling and children laughing, a coffee shop, Couches, a community, you know, people just like me. I was still anxious. I had questions, and I was grabbing at things. I mean, church is great for people that need that. But could God be exactly what I need? I didn't think so. That was until a tragedy in my life. It was through a Bible study, a woman's retreat, and some new friends that I found the answer. What I needed was God.
3: After hearing about Cornerstone, I finally got the courage to attend. There, the people didn't judge me for my past. There, I finally got to deal with the shame. Because they accepted me, I now understood and believed that God loved and accepted me. They were Jesus in front of me. They were Jesus for me. I finally understood and gave in. I was learning to give God complete control. The story isn't over, not for a long shot but I have learned what it means to live life. And i found the people I want to do life with.
0: Lives aren't just being effective here, but all around the world. Orphans in Kenya are provided education and dormitories. Children, the elderly, and even lepers are loved on and cared for in India.
3: And in Peru, the poor are being fed
0: and you need to know for those of you who invested in Cornerstone this year it's been life changing for those of you who didn't invest know that if you choose to invest today there'll be more stories like Terrence's more church plants more orphans fed, what are you waiting for? I invest in a church that seeks to impact human need. I am part of a church community that seeks to live everyday life with joy, authenticity and wholeness. I
2: invest in a church that seeks to care for God's message. I'm part of a church staff that seeks to be relevant and progressive.
0: This is my heart and Cornerstone is my home.
2: Yeah, and guys, you get—we're talking real lives. See, we're we're talking real people. Matter of fact, Terrence, the young man on the video, just spent the last week on a missions trip to Germany, and today he's back in the back serving all day long. You're talking about a baby Christian who's already figuring out it's important to get it from here. To the kingdom. And that ought to make just as much sense to you and me. Matter of fact, we, just because we wanted to be sure that we said, look, this isn't just, this isn't just photos, it's not just pictures, we wanted you to, to know the real people behind it. Uh, we asked Mama Sapporo from the orphanage to come and be here today and just share a word with us for a second or two. So, would you give a welcome to Mama? <clears throat> Fall off there, there's a whole bunch of people going to be mad at me. I know. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay, so, Mom, I was telling them, I was telling them about sitting in your chapel and, man, hearing you uh, talk to those kids Mm. and just share what God might do someday with their lives. But let's go back, let's fill in a couple blanks. The home that's the orphanage, you call it a home, we would call it an orphanage is about 2,000 square feet, Sure. and I think that's important because that's probably about the size of our average house here, uh-huh. yeah. okay? 2,000 square feet, how many kids are living in the orphanage right now?
4: More than 100.
2: More than 100, and more like?
4: More like 140, 150, we don't count children in Africa.
2: Okay, okay, so 140 or 150 kids living in a 2,000 square foot house, how many beds in the house? <laughs> 26. 26 beds. Yeah. So you do the math. Now how do you put 140, 150 kids in 26 beds? Well, they're bunk beds. They're actually triple-decker bunk beds in the house, and you just line every wall you can with those 26 beds. On the bottom bunk, you put three little kids together, and on the middle bunk you put Two medium-sized kids together, and when you get to be a teenager, you get to go to the top bunk. Sure. And that's how you put 140 kids in 2,000 square feet, 25, Mm. 26 beds. Right? Yeah. So, how how do how did this get started, Mama? How did how I mean this isn't normal. How how did you end up taking these kids in?
4: This is a very long story, but I'll tell it in just one minute. So you have to be very clear to understand. When I was only 27 years ago, the doctors found that I had a heart disease. And on 10th of September, 1984, God healed me that disease, and I believed I had been healed. And I told God to appreciate him because I'll never have more of children. I'd like him to give me a child who does not have food or a child who does not have any parent that is an orphan. The only bad problem I did, I did not say is that I wanted one. Rather, I mm-hmm. did a category of children, and God brought me other children, and that's my problem now. Mm. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Okay, so. Mama, how do, how do kids end up coming to you? Who, how, do, how do you end up with them?
4: I work with the police because they can get genuine kids who have been abandoned. They take abandoned children, those who have been abused physically or sexually. And also we have got the community, like the ones from Maasai, whose children the girl child is sold when she's very young. When they, if they fight them, they bring them to us. And then we have got the churches also. They've got their poor ones. When they fight those people, those children who need help, they contact us.
2: Okay, so you've got kids in here who are orphans because yeah. their parents died yeah. of AIDS. Because, yeah. I mean, Africa is just full of AIDS right yeah. now. You've got kids in here because they were tortured. Yeah. And guys, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you, if we told you you'd have a hard time believing that people could do yeah. to children what have been done to these children. And then there are some kids you've got, and this this is what makes me mad, I yeah. think. I get to Kenya and I just get angry because <laughs> parents throw their children away. Yeah. I mean, they just say, I don't want my... And they just leave them on the street and yeah. walk away. Yeah. And then they get brought to your orphanage. Yeah. They've got parents still yeah. out there. Yeah. And their parents have thrown them away.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. So here's the deal. Oh, you joke with us and you say, I forgot to add, tell God I'd only take one. Yeah. But the reality is, you could have said, that's enough after five. Yeah. You, you could have said, that's enough after 20. You could have said, I'm, I'm done at 50. Yeah. You, you've got 140 kids living here. Why do you do this?
4: You know, sometimes things happen in our lives and they shape our lives. Me, I was an abused child. My father separated with my mother when I was only 12. And when I see these children, I put my life into their shoes, and I see as if it is myself. So I can never say no to a child who has got a need.
2: We're we're rallying. We're trying to help you guys build a dormitory. That's become our heart. And we've been taking what's been faithfully given here, and we've been trying to leverage that into a dormitory for you guys. 100 beds. Mm -hmm. Every child will finally get to sleep one to a bed. Yeah. What, what will that mean for the kids of Haruma?
4: We are praying for that day to come. It is one of our desire, and we appreciate you. We look forward to sleep one child a bed. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mama, we love you so much. Thank, thank you for you what so you're doing. Much. I think we count it a privilege to be part of it, and yeah. we get that this is, this is kingdom when we do this, and yeah. thank you for letting us be Can part. Can I say one
4: of the problems? Sure which I've forgotten. You know, one of the problems, you know, before I thought that education and food are the ones. But right now, I want to empower my children through skills, that is through training. And training colleges are very, very expensive. And I am praying that you'll pray for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mama, again. Yeah. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you.
4: On behalf of my children of Kenya and my Kenyan people and our little church, our chapel, and the people of Cornerstone, I want to present this paint to Pastor Lynn on behalf of the church for for helping us feed our children. God bless you.
2: Thank you, Mama. Thank you. Thank you. you. Go ahead, just so you get the moment, don't you? Of, of of all the people in the world, of all the followers of Christ, who ought to understand this conversation. I'm just thinking, if you live in Chandler, Arizona. I mean, the center of where the economic atom bomb hit. Does any of us still believe it's wise to put all of our investment in earth? How much smarter <laughs> to leverage anything I can to just say, look, you know, that, that, that two extra inches on the TV, the, the upgrade on the vacation package, just doesn't mean as much when you hold it up against the kingdom. And I'm going to move. I'm going to start transferring funds right away. Hey, we've got this morning, as you get ready to leave, we've got some stands out there. We're hoping to sponsor children. Uh, we've got three major places that we go after. We've got a village in Peru that has not heard the gospel. They haven't heard the story of Jesus and we're partnering with Food for the Hungry. They're helping to bring some of the supplies, some of those things. You and I are sending teams to tell literally a village that has not heard this story, the story of Jesus. And there are children in that village who are hungry, and we want to sponsor some of those children so that they see the love of Jesus before we tell the story of Jesus. Uh, you guys know that we're doing the India thing, and, and right now Suresh, who was here a couple weeks ago, starting, guys, hundreds of churches in India, hundreds of churches. But because of that culture and because of what's going on, one of the things they do orphanages in almost every single one of those churches, and so we've got children in India who need to be sponsored. The cool part is, they're not just going to get food; they're going to get Jesus. And then Haruma, kids who've literally been taken off the street, and Mama's saying, "Go change our country." And so our dream today is that you and I would just get this, and we'd make a transfer of funds. And we're hoping that we will sponsor at least 300 kids today. That's our dream. That's our hope. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, of all the people in the world who this conversation ought to land smack dab on our hearts, boy, the residents of Chandler, Arizona, we, we shouldn't have a single argument with you on this. We, we've invested in the world. And the world to let us down. And so God, just give give us the wisdom to start transferring funds. To start saying, of course I'm doing this in the worst of economic times. I learned my lesson. And I'm going to leverage every dollar I can into the kingdom, into something that's outside of 80 short years in this world. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: We're going to close together.